Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome. <laughs> I just did the whole podcast as a musical with my horrible voice. Welcome to the episode, Tasha Marie. Sounds like a Christmas carol. We've got Tasha and I am Dave Neal. We are engaged to marry someday. <laughs> we are co-hosts of a podcast called The Sap. If you are new to us, hello. I'll address the camera to say hi. Hello to the second camera. Hello to the third camera. We have a three camera set. We're doing all right, Tasha. Yeah, we're doing okay. We're hanging in there. I had a nervous breakdown. Just a small one. You'll never see it. You'll just, I'm never going to let you see the the wrath that I have within me growing up in New England, the ability to just throw some shit across the the yard. Uh, Honey, Uh, I remember when we were first dating, you slammed your fist down on our old (laughs) coffee table and you broke it. That was the flimsiest coffee table ever. That was literally... I was so mad at you and and I let you know it. And you never broke anything since then. You never slammed your fist on anything in anger since then. So I feel like I won. You like I finally hit the right button. I hit the right button there. You did. You you know what? You you set some boundaries that you didn't want me to punch things. <laughs> and all you had to Seems do like was a low bar. Seems like I shouldn't necessarily have to ask. It's that, not but. because there's there's no class. There's no finishing school for teaching people how to overcome their limbic rage. And I can get rageful. I, I I suppress it, but I get so mad. We had a we had a guest cancel on the podcast. I shouldn't even say that because it looks like we're just being canceled left and right. It's Los Angeles. It's a pandemic. You, you people cancel. You just can't. My but cans are so loud. Can you loud? just turn are, them down a little is it bit? Your cans that are loud. It's or you is talking it me loud. That's too loud. Yeah, your cans aren't loud at all. It's actually my microphone is too high. Thank okay. you. Okay. It wasn't your cans at all. It was my voice. I just wonder um, how you don't hear that yourself. Like, are you going deaf? Do you not realize how loud you are? Hearing my voice makes me uh, come. This is good Gross, for my Dave. soul. Um, yeah, what were you uh, saying? I was just saying how I, you know, I take everything personally. I take if you don't respond to my text message right away personally, if you don't like this video, I take it. I just take everything. And that's the whole battle of life. Our first time listeners are going to think you have a huge rage problem. Dave manages his... Uh, feelings very well. well but you started point. to say that there's no finishing school for like guys to know how how to manage their emotions properly. And it's pretty simple. You shouldn't be bottling up your rage. You shouldn't be burying it deep down inside. You should be expressing it in a productive way, and which I, I think in general course, you do. I don't bury it down. I go on long runs. I do I do some other things. You but rant on YouTube. I rant I, I love ranting on YouTube. The, the live stream videos the other day you weren't there i just started yelling are you not entertained <laughs> like you know the movie gladiator and i don't know remember why someone had commented that and i just it was it was like my little um it's therapeutic what's right? it called the break room where you just break things i oh, need to break those, it like rage rooms. yeah i need to rage with my words i rage with my words that was in one of our christmas movies what was we're that gonna, one called we're, so we're so so uh for those new um, i'm doing a much better job it's a free-flowing podcast but i'm doing a much better job of time stamping in the youtube comments where you know different chapters of what we're going to talk about today so today we're going to talk about the five Netflix and some other streaming movies, Christmas movies that we watched. We're going to rate them on a scale of one to five candy canes because you know, your boy <laughs> likes a good sugar. Yeah, I, I ate a candy cane the other day. I found can I found a bunch of candy canes in my tire well in my trunk. Gross. Yeah. I ate them. Why didn't you bring so we could actually physically hold up candy canes? I looked right for now. them the other night. I looked for them in the store. They didn't have them. They were still giving away the Halloween, Halloween candy. chocolate. Yeah. So for those listening, I mean, if you're catching this in the future, who who knows when? It's November fifteenth, and um, it might sound a little early for some, but it's a pandemic. We're getting into the Christmas it's season. It's literally the only thing we have to look forward to. This is going to be the cherry on top of our shit Sunday of twenty twenty. Tasha. <laughs> well, my thing is this. So so anyway, so so to, to finish on what we're going to be talking about today, we're gonna we're gonna share our five Christmas movies, and then I wanted to talk before. First, I wanted to talk a little Bachelor Bachelorette now. 
a lot of people listen to the podcast and don't follow the bachelorette. A lot of people uh, that follow the bachelorette don't listen to the podcast. We're trying to bridge that gap because what we do mainly on the podcast is we use the human condition as a common denominator to talk about happiness, authenticity, finding our own joy in life. Would you agree? Sure. We look at people, we look at wrongs, we look at, you know, Chris D'Elia was in the news. We talked about him skimping on teen girls and then Colton Underwood's, you know, stalking his ex. We go from one, you know, whatever, whatever we can all talk about. That's something we can, you know, because I, I could talk about my, you know, my cousin Timmy, but you, if you don't know Timmy, it's going to be hard for me to paint the story of how, you know, you know, whatever. So uh, not that Timmy has done anything wrong. Timmy's a good guy. Good. Timmy is really good at getting a BJ. I got a cousin, guys. Let me tell you, he'll go to the library and be like, I just got blown in the head. Like, he'll just, he, I don't know what he says. He's got, everybody's got that like one thing that's magical, right? Like some people just like a park, a good parking spot is always waiting for and them. Tim gets a good bow job. <laughs> he just knows. I have a, I had a friend, Matt, uh, shout out Matt Borges played up. Uh, Baseball, we used to play baseball together and he I remember he had a pickup line he said to a girl we was in college everyone's drinking out late at night in like his back patio or whatever and he and he and he told some girl he like whispered he, he was a good looking guy but he like you know he, he you could tell like if he was famous chicks would start digging up dms from him even though he, he, he was just hitting on girls but he, he had his line and he goes he says to this girl he goes you know I got a pretty dick yeah, you looked at me like weird like that, right? Gross. Well, the next day I found out it worked. He planted a seed. He delivered. Apparently, it it was a uh, attractive, um, you know, specimen. Where are you going? Just to fix my. You gotta go fix your tea. Tasha got a new tea set up over here. Uh, you can tell Tasha. Oh, I hope the camera can cut away to your high school cheerleading booty shorts that she's wearing. Oh, I you were make one of them. How old are those shorts? Are those fifty? Are those twenty years? We won't date. We won't. Uh, you know, put a carbon dating on those shorts. You need an anthropologist to properly date. 2001, she said. That's a That was a good year, 2001. Never forget. You know, the whole 9-11. Now, every other day, someone's dying. The same amount of deaths every other day from COVID as if it were a 9-11. Does that make sense? This podcast is for sure going to get demonetized. I said dick, COVID, and pandemic. So the second they hear you talking about anything, kind, anyway, we're going to keep going. But yeah, the point is, is that you got to shoot your shot. You got, you know, if, if you're out drinking with someone at 1 a.m., I think you have every right to tell them uh, the scope and level of attractiveness of your genitalia. I think you have every right to. Oh, you're, Tasha, Tasha's saying no. This is the problem. So, uh, someone actually commented, we have, we have the podcast episode that we did uh, called, is this, uh, the, uh, the thumbnail says, is this consent? And the idea was talking about how, how, how can we talk about consent in a way where not everything's bad. There are, you know, asking someone, you know, there's certain levels of consent, right? Yeah. What, what was like it? reading who, the room. Who was on that podcast? Cora I, Boyd. Cora Boyd was on that podcast. Uh, amazing guest. We got to get her back. But anyway, someone commented on it this week and said, hey, I watched this podcast and it changed my life. Now, look, we don't have a gigantic following. Let's be fair. There's a lot of content out there in the universe. We don't have a gigantic following. But every once in a while, we get a message from someone who says like, oh, like some guy in Australia, oh, I, I listen to your podcast during my chemotherapy and it's been great. It's like, golly, it's it's insane levels of gratitude when, when, when people write in and say they actually are listening. But the guy said, for whatever reason, something about that podcast hit him right. And, and he said it changed. I mean, he said it was like literally life changing what he heard. I don't even remember what we talked about. That's the thing. We're just we're just out here. You know, when we talk about common denominators, we're out here uh, putting our lives out there. But anyway, yeah. So with Matt, I mean, he he threw a pickup line out there that you know, and and it and it it was well received, and uh, he got nookie after it. They they you know whatever. So so the point is, is that it's it. I think the thing you got to teach your 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 sons, your friends, your guys, uh, your ladies is that you, learning to read the room is a skill that we have to master. Because if you're wasted, you might you might you know be at a bus stop telling someone I got a pretty dick, and then it's like next that's not a good time to be mentioning that. But all right, she's uh, playing with her hair. She put her hand on the knee. Hey, I, I feel like it's time to let you know that I've actually got a well uh, quaffed cock or something. <laughs> I don't know. Leave a comment. Let me know. Do I sound crazy? I mean, I've oh, said boy. some crazy things to you. I feel like. You what know? have you said? I don't know. I feel like I've said some things to you or, or I've made some moves on you that might have otherwise been, um, you know, uh, ill, ill uh, sort of uh, 
uh, ill-advised, I guess. If someone says, oh, gee, she's not in, you don't go for that. Oh, well, you know, I think she, you know, you think you may, you know, but you're still going to strike out once in a while, but it's like that strikeout needs to be a legal strikeout. You can't just be like in a casting session and you whip it out. Like that's not a good strikeout. But if you're on a date or whatever and you, and you reach for someone's leg and then they put, and they take your hand and move it off the leg, that's a legal strikeout. I mean, at some point you got to put your hand on the leg. That's, you're escalating here. Like, like I said. Well, let's start with like the arm first, Dave. The leg is a little close well, to the Yeah, crotch. you don't go high and reach go for the crotch. I'm not saying that, but you I'm mean saying. the knee? Put your, the knee. I'm saying, oh, hi, hey. I said, oh, maybe a little whatever. extra long hand holding. So we're watching The Bachelor. We're watching The Bachelorette. This season, The Bachelorette. Episode five, for those that don't watch, is switched from Claire to Tasha. Claire found her love by episode three. And she she said, I don't want any other guys. Neil Lane comes in with a four and a half carat ring. Four and a half carats. You looked it up? Yeah. I told you Where's that your, You don't even giant. have your ring on. It's over there. You get a girl a ring and she... Show it off. Bling it. Babe, um, we went to breakfast this morning. Uh, we came home. Right. We made soap and I didn't want to ruin my rings. The whitest Sunday ever. <laughs> we went out to breakfast. We came home. We made soap. What do you need from me? Um, so, uh, so Claire found love and she was like, look, I don't want to be leading these guys on. Chris Harrison was like, fair enough. So they brought in their backup. You know, they called in relief and then Tasha comes in. So Claire was 39. Tasha's 29. Claire had incredible anxiety. Everyone collectively really disliked Claire. I mean, it was like a real movement of people being like, we don't like her. What would happen is that like... You mean the guys? The, the guys didn't like her. The audience didn't like her. I Everyone thought her. she was a bitch. I didn't see episode two, which is the only thing I missed. But in Basically, general, I really liked her. And I thought that her concerns that she was voicing were legitimate. Could she have maybe played her cards a little better? Kept them a little closer think- to her chest? Yeah. Could she have gone along with the show a little bit more just for the sake of not, you know, blowing up the season, which she kind of did? Sure. Well, the thesis but- I'm getting to is not is is that she has uh, anxiety that is that it, it was triggering her she mentioned it at the on the last episode so for those who don't watch or don't listen uh uh she you know she would sit down with the 10 guys in the group date and then all of a sudden she'd be like so what no one wants to talk to me and she like ran off and then she came back like ruminating. She got angry when we talk about ruminating with a perfection detox uh, with Petra Colbert. Watch that episode. We talk about the perfection detox. Ruminating is taking a thought and just blowing it out of proportion. Blowing it, and anxiety is blowing things out of proportion, right? I mean, there's, that's not like a that's a very easy way to describe basic. it. Sort of definitely, but it's like first first day of school tomorrow. I might as well not sleep all night. Blowing you, it out of proportion. Did you? Get anxiety before the full first day of school every year? I love school. I was early so I could chat with people. You know, every night before the first day of school, meltdown. Yeah, no shit. This is why you're like Claire. You're like, oh, I think Claire was fine. Yeah, because you have the same, you're, you, you get, you're an anxious. A lot of people get anxious. Wouldn't you say anxiety is your number one uh, negative I mean, I'm not trying yeah, to put words sure. in your mouth, but we know no, each other No, anxiety well. is something I definitely struggle with. And I could see that in her as well. Long before their recap, wrap-up episode, uh, you could you could see. she. There were like two or three instances where she was like sitting on the ground petting her dogs, like barely keeping it together. <laughs> yeah, you can see that she like has a lot that she works through. She talks openly about going about seeing a therapist. You know, I think for then, people but- who struggle with anxiety or thoughts, ruminating thoughts... You know, it's helpful to like have methods for coping. And I think she probably does. I think she probably was talking to her therapist a lot, but she's a very. um, The dogs are good. Getting a dog has to help for sure. Unless you got to fly with the dog and then you get more, you know, anxiety. (laughs) So the dogs can, you know, shits on the, you know, kitchen floor and then the different levels of anxiety. But the point is, is that I. I see it in Claire. I'm not faulting her for it, but I'm saying, you know, she'll she'll be like, I'm a 39-year-old woman. I know what I want. And I can just see this quiver in her lip that goes, you are so incredibly insecure, just like most people are. And and I don't know if you're addressing it. And maybe just the show, uh, maybe just the show put a magnifying glass over her. Like if you put an introvert, which I'd consider her one just off the bat, if you put an introvert on a show like that and then 12 guys don't want to kiss you right away, ah! gosh what the hell like but who said they didn't want to kiss her that's I, a pr- that's the point is what happened was they like they don't just roll action and everyone try to kiss her you know they everyone sits down they start rolling the cameras and then she's like so and, and these group dates last 
all night. Yeah, and then the, the and then and then and normally guys would be like, "All right, can I take you first and whatever?" But no guys did that. And then so she was like, "What was that all about?" And then she would get mad, more angry. And she was talking to this one guy, Bennett. Off, uh, hold on, but she was talking to this one guy, Bennett. And then she was like, "I'm sorry, I just have to go back." And I, like she would get more mad. Like she, it took her out of her present moment. But think about it this way. It's is it taking her out of her present moment or is she realizing I'm not going to be able to let this thought go until I go take care of it. So let me go take care of it so that I can come back to you feeling fresh, clean slate, you know, with ready to receive you in the way you deserve to be received. I mean, let's be honest, people who struggle with anxiety have they they manage their lives in a way that makes it easy for them. You know, they avoid triggers. They do these things. They go to a therapist. They might take medication. They might have like uh, meditation every morning as soon as they wake up. Like people set in place for themselves coping mechanisms to help them, you know, manage their anxiety. You throw that person who has a system, right? Like our house is well designed for me to not have anxiety, right? The walls are padded, my- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, I wake up in the morning, I have my routine. I can't really like get ready for work until the bed's made because I, I focus better when the house is clean. So like, you know, we I have my my routine that helps me to function as my best self. If I went on bachelor or bachelorette, utter chaos. Oh yeah. You'd be like Claire. And, and you know, if they wanted, (laughs) if they expected it to go differently, they should have given her more resources. Honestly. Well, they don't know. They obviously like the drama. Like this is great for them and, and all that. But, but my question is, if you're, if you're an anxious person, is it better to fix all of your surroundings or can you somehow try to fix the inside? Well, but it's the same thing. Isn't it? I mean, like, how how do you just stop being because anxious? Because you say, so with this scene, and you didn't watch it, but trust me, you, you can wa- watch the tape. Trust me. She goes off, and it was completely misguided. This was like night one or night two. So immediately, everyone was like, this lady's bat crazy. So so anyway, she instead of ruminating, I need to go, I need to go back there and tell them, I need to go, uh, uh, instead of that, couldn't she just, uh, you know, say a mantra? And again, I know when, when you're, when, when you have one thing that like, it'd be like saying, Hey Dave, don't get stressed out before a stand-up show. It'd be like, all right, good. Thank you. But, but I, how many but times- I know not to eat certain food before a stand-up show. I know not to eat or drink a Red Bull anymore because then I'm just like caffeinated and stressed out. Like- how many times have you seen me? Like we'll be at home, we'll be at dinner, whatever. And I get a text message. That's like a problem Throws you at out, work. Yeah, right. Yeah. And it's like, pause everything turn off the tv sorry honey i can't talk to you for a few minutes i need to work this out like sometimes you just have to put a pause and manage stuff and sometimes and get you, it set in the right order so that then you can move on with your day sometimes you tell me that and sometimes you don't and what then and then i find out with your proverbial punching of the you know coffee table you're smiling <laughs> because i got a point sometimes i'm like well who farted in your thanksgiving dinner like what was that all about and it's like i don't even i don't even get mad at at 90 percent of the things you do because it it comes so far out of left field i'm like that one's on you honey that's on you that's something you're working out I'm going to go walk the dog. I don't know dog. what you're talking about. Well, but like in instances where you don't let me know, like if you're on your phone and I'm like, hey, baby, are we watching this movie or what? You know, you're on your phone. What's going on? And then you'll just be like, oh, I'm doing something. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know if you were doing something or you were on Instagram. You know what I mean? And that's a problem we've talked about in the past is like when we're at home, we're, we're living here in the pandemic. How do we know when we're doing work versus play versus procrastinating? I'm telling you, we need to hurry up and patent and make this red light, green light pop socket or whatever. No, we need a hat. So it's a work hat. So it's a little hood. It's like part of the iPhone case and it pops up and it's got a little, it's, it's like a hard hat. And it's like, I'm, I'm at I work. Think, you know how that you can like make a circle and it'll have like a half circle on it so it can flap up and flat down. It needs to be one of those. It's like a pop socket with a flap you know, and we, like a double sided snaps or just one snap. So you can snap it up or it's low. So it's a green light interrupt me okay or it's a red light do not interrupt but that's me. the thing is you'll just leave it on red light you're like i'm i'm on reddit don't interrupt me i'm looking at basset down puffies that's not true um my friend jamie in palm springs owns a 3d printer of you know one of those very big industrial ones so maybe she can 3d print us phone cases that have would anyone buy that let me know would anyone buy a phone case that 
tells your partner that you're busy, <laughs> leave me alone. Or and, and yeah, maybe it's like a little rotating dial. It's like, leave me alone. Or like, uh, you know, I'm just looking at Instagram or whatever. But the problem is, is sometimes we're just scrolling along and then something else comes up. And anyway, so yeah, the, the point is, is, is you need as if you're dealing with anxiety and everyone gets anxiety in different ways. I, I'm well aware when I have a stand-up show, like I said, even before the podcast, I'm annoyed. I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'm like, I'm like annoyed at this stupid, um, uh, outlet. I'm trying to plug three different, I got, we, we got those, the, uh, MacBook pro plugs, you know, they're just way too big. Yeah. Why do they make they're those so, so big? Top heavy. <laughs> you plug two of them in and then the whole plug moves down. It, I'm pissed at those MacBook pro plugs really pissed there's no what science is in those things nothing else in this world it's like design and not functionality yeah stupid things what the hell is this look and then you get two so we have two of them you're trying to plug two of these in by the way don't ever don't ever try to plug this into the wall you'll never be able to plug this into the wall and then and then you got two of them and these they just anyway so i don't there's a you could you could literally kill somebody if you threw this at their head you could, anyway, so the point is that we all have different things that trigger us, and it's important to address that in what in our partner, like like so so Claire. So anyway, the so Claris with Dale, this this younger guy, stoic, tall model, former NFL player, seems like a really good guy, and it seems like they're both after the same thing. She needs a caretaker, and I think he I think he might be the type that enjoys taking care. And I'm not touch. I'm not saying you need a caretaker, but you do need a guy who's not going to throw gasoline on your fire. You need a guy who's got a couple little sandbags and we, I'm not trying to put your fire out. I'm just trying to stop it from spreading into the village. <laughs> it's like, oh, Tasha's upset. Let's just put some sandbags around this little blaze she's creating. Not trying to put it out. You feel your feelings, but I'm not going to be like, oh yeah, you know what, Tasha? You know, and I'm not going to, I'm try my, I get, there are days when I, when I'm, when I want to say what I really feel and it's not worth it because what's coming out of your mouth, the words, it's not the emotion so sometimes it's like we're, it's like we don't deserve we don't deserve whatever fight could happen by by falling for that primitive limbic system flaring up. I think we can evolve past that. It's like I've decided I'm I'm going to spend my life with you and I love you and I don't need the minutia arguments. Once in a while, once in a while the other day you woke up first and you you microwaved the coffee from the day before and that got under my skin. I couldn't let that one slide. I've still not no let one, it go. No one messes with my coffee. Yeah, make it make a pot of coffee. Can I take a poll of the audience here? Tasha's never she she first of all you claimed you don't know how to make it, which I know is a lie. So you so you started your argument off with a lie. So you gotta throw that I mean, argument. It off. would just take a little bit of brain power and there was leftover coffee and you weren't gonna get up for a while. And you know what? Uh, you know what I'm mad about? I'm mad that you didn't ask me the night before what time you wanted to me, that I needed to wake up so that you could set the coffee. We literally have coffee that makes itself. So, you just have to I set wanna, it up the night before, no, and, again, and it goes on a timer, and it can be ready when I'm not, you wake I'm up. I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at you, honey. But I want to break down what you're mad at. So you're mad that I didn't proactively find out that you're going to wake up before me. So I you knew I was waking up early already. It's just you that, already it, knew that I was waking up early for a super long day of work and you went out and you stayed out twice as long as you said you were going to stay out. What, two hours you instead of one. Don't act like it was eight late. hours instead of four. You came home extra late. I was already in bed because like I told you, I had a super early morning in the morning. I want the YouTubers who are watching this to expand their screen and really look at Tasha's eyebrows when she's upset. I want you to really, they harden. They be, this is where she harnesses her energy. They, they, they shoot out of her eyebrows. Look, yeah, it's a case of uh, it, what, what it all boils down to is miscommunication because I'm, I'm more than happy to set the coffee. I have told you many times that I appreciate so much and it makes me feel so special when you set the coffee for me or if you wake up before me when you come wake me up with a cup of coffee. That's so sweet and so special and it means so much to me in our relationship and it's just a small thing that you do that i really love but but let's so so i i know that you like being woken up with a cup of coffee so how do you think i feel in bed when i hear the microwave going off and i go She's laughing, folks. So I, I clearly win. I don't even need to finish the argument. Uh, uh, she was spitting her tea out because I'm right. So the argument's won, and that's what's great but about you the podcast. Never is I don't to me that you need to be woken up with a cup of coffee. I have too much pride to tell you what I want out of life. 
That seems like a problem. And then if you show up with a hot cup of coffee, uh, I, I'm like, oh, geez, I'm going to feel like, oh, I didn't need like I like I've said, it's never about the gift. It's about the thought of the gift. I don't care for the gift. But you also weren't trying to wake up at six in the morning like I was. I'll wake up with you. I talk for a second. I got to reset the cameras here. I like, don't have anything well, to say. You better make this so, really quick. So what was your first impression? So so Claire leaves the show. She's she finds her love. They get engaged ten days in. Sure, go for it. Hey, it, it, you know there's no there's no there's no uh, set standard here. The relationships that that go the full course don't last any longer than that one. So get engaged at ten days. Uh, you know whatever. Um. So so they replace her with Tasha. Fresh breath of air for all the guys going from this anxious kind of like controlling who's gonna fight for her. Claire wanted guys to fight for her, like literally fight for her. She wanted like war zone. Uh, and then Tasha's just like happy to be there. So what was your first thought about Tasha? I really like Tasha. I think uh she's really cute, really sweet. You could tell when she rolled up like in I think when you get told you're going to be the bachelor or the bachelorette, I think you probably have like four months of prep work by the producers. You know, they probably go through like your ideal guy so that they can tailor their selections to the kind of guys you're going to like. You are doing all this press and stuff like that. I feel like Tasha really just got thrown in. And so she was a little nervous when she walked in. It wasn't like typically when the bachelorette walks in, she's like wearing her crown. She knows it's her show. She's in charge. But with Tasha, they just kind of like threw her to the wolves which it's I think fine, is good. Say whatever you, you know, I like they didn't really good. coach her. Well, yeah, it's good because I think too many times there's a power dynamic. It's like the lead of the show is getting paid a couple hundred thousand. I think they're getting paid 200, 100,000. Whatever it is, it can be pre-negotiated. They're they're and then the contestants are just vying for their there's this power dynamic. Like you've got these contestants that are good guys, you know, Bennett, he's like Harvard uh graduate, works in, you know, whatever. But there he is, you know, kind of like just one of the 20 guys going after her. So it's like, it's not a level playing field. Like most times you, you meet somebody, it's like a job interview. It's like, Oh, how can you help me? How can I help? How can, you know, I help you out. And, and in this, it's kind of like 20 guys, you know, just all playing dodgeball, trying to get the, the suitors attention. So the fact that Tasha's sort of like second fiddle comes in, she's new, she's refreshed. I think she's going to give a lot of these guys a chance on like an equal level. It's been it's been nice to have the show finally back because the show was supposed to air months ago and and all that and then the and then the Bachelor is going to start airing on like January fourth. They're filming it right now at at a resort in Pennsylvania. Do we know who the Bachelor is? Yeah, it's Matt James. He was Tyler Cameron's friend and he was supposed to be a contestant on Claire's season. And then Claire was like, "Look at my contestants already getting verified." Like she kind of made this snotty remark. And then he was like, "I'm actually verified because I work with charities and this and that." And it kind of like made her like really stupid. But um. Is it flashing or is it just, am I having a stroke? No. Oh, is it, is it cause the air conditioner's on? Probably. Do you want to go shut it off? I'm sure it'll stop. Well, it feels like we have, we're, we're running five or six different cameras, right? Our lighting systems. And I turn the air conditioner on for two seconds and then the whole place is glitching out anyway. So yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be interesting. And thank you guys for letting me ramble on about that. And, um, we've been big on the Christmas season. So I got to start. I have, um, getting some Christmas music in here for you. I have a whole, I have a whole bunch of Christmas songs I can play, but let's start with something just kind of, Oh, there's a little loud. I've got all my license free Christmas music. So I know a lot of people don't listen, don't watch Christmas movies yet, but it's become... No, I think people are. Otherwise, they wouldn't be trending you know, on Netflix. You are so right. If this wasn't... If, you know, Netflix doesn't share their numbers, but if Netflix wasn't making so much money, we wouldn't get five new Christmas movies a week or whatever they're doing. They're making like 40 a season, which is insanity. So I'm going to bust out the five we watched. We actually watched six. We, we, can, we can talk about the sixth one too. It's not on Netflix. But... um. <clears throat> We're going to do a one through five candy canes, depending on how much Rating. we liked this movie. Okay, uh, these five movies. is the best. Five is the best. Five, listen, you should only rate one or two movies a five, like your favorite Christmas. What's your favorite Christmas movie of all time? Do you have one? Um, I don't know. Put it this way. Like we watched I'll Be Home for Christmas with John- Jonathan Taylor Thomas, that 1990s Christmas movie. That would get like a two. Like it was good, but it was like... Uh, I'll go turn it. Go turn it. Yeah, go... Yeah. We're literally, uh, Tasha's going to have to go turn the air conditioner off. This is what it's like living in an old building in Los Angeles. If anyone wants to donate to the Patreon, we could for sure use an upgrade. We've been looking at houses and uh, there's these houses with these like renovated garages in the back. And I'm telling you, we blow this puppy up. We are going to have a worldwide empire 
of Bass and Hounds and Recording Studios. So let's go. Let's go right into the first one we watched this week. I th- this movie I'm about to mention um, was what I would cons- I, this was going to be a hard pass for me on title and thumbnail alone. Hard pass. This movie we're about to talk about was the biggest switch I've ever made on any film ever. Operation Christmas Drop. Uh, what do you want to say? What your rating is for it up front or after? I would give that a two and a half. Four point two candy canes. <laughs> Four point two. I'm going to play some more Christmas music here. You like that? So I'm going to read for you the summary. Again, this is a no spoilers review of the Christmas movies we've watched so far. Congressional aide Erica forgoes family Christmas to travel at her boss's behest. At a beachside Air Force base, she clashes with Captain Andrew Jantz, who knows her assignment is finding reasons to defund the facility. So what we have here is, and this is a, the story is not based on a true story. This is a fictional story of a true event. Uh, Operation Christmas Drop has happened since the early 1950s in Guam, where they actually, uh, the U.S. military was flying over another island, and islanders waved at them, and someone had the idea, we should we should drop down Christmas gifts, and they use it as a training exercise every year. So in the movie, you got some hotshot congresswoman who sends her like underling to go find a reason to defund this, and of course, uh, you know, love is found. I mean, that's a pretty obvious uh, thing that's about to happen. Why didn't you defend your two rating? Why didn't you like this? I thought it was fine. I just thought it was typical of many Christmas movies in that it was kind of poorly written and not necessarily excellent acting. So you a little bit low budget. But so you're worried about acting in in the script when it comes to Christmas movies? <laughs> are you ready to defend other Christmas movies on their acting? Yeah. All right. So yeah. the, yes, the act there were moments where we had to pause this and laugh so hard and it was very much military propaganda like they clearly filmed this at the at an Air Force base um, in Guam or military base in Guam and it was for sure completely u.s state sponsored but the story i mean i i had there was multiple moments where i was like oh i'm about to cry (laughs) yeah Yeah, it was was fine it totally was worth the hour and a half if you're in the mood to watch a christmas movie it was fine but it's not my top choice of christmas movies when there's so many great ones out there all right so you go so you you're, you're solid too I said two and a half. Two and a half. Okay, two and a half. Two Three, and a half. Two and a half. If you want to round up, anything o- lower than a two and a half is, I think, I'm going to recommend people pass. And I've got one of those. Uh, oh, I didn't even put this one on here. Let's get let's get right into the one I say pass. I knew I was missing one. Um, do you know what I'm talking about? I don't know. It's called Holly Date, folks. Holiday. It is the worst movie I've seen. I don't even remember which one that was. Exactly. Emma Roberts and um, Emma Roberts. I think she's pregnant, right? I would give that another like two and a half. It wasn't bad. You would go that high. You'd go two and a half. Yeah. Here's the log line. Fed up with being single (laughs) on holidays, two strangers agree to be each other's platonic plus ones all year long, only to catch real feelings along the way yikes very unlikable people this was the type of movie that with with and again i'm gonna say this about about another movie here this movie the you can't like if you're just looking at a trailer or whatever the cinematography is good it's clearly shot with an a-list actress and then halfway through you go what are we doing with this movie this was like your your this is like your training wheels christmas movie because it was not just christmas it was all the different holidays kind of like put it together just it didn't have the budget i think it needed like they needed to reshoot a few of those they need to rewrite it and <laughs> and maybe create a new subject and storyline and recast it and then rename it and re yeah there was a hard it was, was okay though it was it was fine i'm trying to see what the rotten tomato score of is it if it is but um uh 6.1 out of 10 is the imdb anyway it's a it's a it's a solid with all if, if you're debating between this and operation christmas drop you know where i stand folks this is yeah. a, this is a two at best um okay so let's get back into movies that we um another surprise uh that i actually ended up liking and so many christmas movies I'm just mad at them until I'm crying. <laughs> so many times I'm like, man, this movie. Oh, I have feelings. Midnight at the Magnolia. Oh, that one was so good. This one started out pretty bad for me. 
And you know, you know why it was okay. Longtime friends and local radio hosts, Maggie and Jack fake it as a couple for their families and listeners in the hopes of getting their show syndicated. So the thing I hated most about this is that I could tell when they were shooting their scenes of them talking that they weren't using the audio from their microphones because her mic was pointed this way. And I was like, you're, I was like, just so mad. I took me out of it. I was like, this isn't even real. You know, I don't know why they could like, that's why I was saying it was like so weird how they weren't really engaging as on-air radio hosts that I couldn't believe the movie. Okay. Well, if that's your only gripe, it was a cute romantic story. I would say that's a 3.8. I'm going to give it I'm going to give it a 3 because it's not on my cut like it it's better than my cutoff point of two and a half candy canes, but it's still it's for sure. Wait, what did you give it? 3.8. Yeah, that's pretty high for me. I'm going to go with a 3. Yeah, that's a that's a 3 because it was I mean, this was unlike Holiday. You could tell this was a very low budget movie. I think it was considered a Netflix original, but sometimes these yeah. Netflix originals were bought and they, you know, Netflix will polish them and, and redo their titles. And it's, you know what I mean? Like you can tell when something's a real indie film. And this was a couple of Canadian actors we haven't heard of. And the guy, you know, the whole time I'm watching, I'm going like, why is she into this guy? I mean, he's a real dweeb. You know, he had, he he was trying to be that charming sort. He kind of was trying to be, um, you know, Van Wilder sort of like Ryan Reynolds, but without the the good looks or charm. Did you say three point five? I might have to reassess my. Uh, I'm, I'm not down? sure. I'm not sure what I'm working with on the scale here, but yeah. I'll tell you what though, and again with no spoilers, I was surprised. And if you can surprise somebody in a Christmas movie, I think. Um, Oh, I'm trying to get a new Christmas song here. Oh, wow. Easy there, it doesn't If you can, by the way, write in, folks. Do you like this or not? Are we, are we on the right path? I think this could be our our niche is just reviewing all the Christmas films. Uh, if we're going to watch them, we might as well talk about them. I think, I think um, if you can surprise me in a Christmas movie, it earns, it, you know, in fact, I might actually talk my rev- my rating up. You know, I'm ta- you know what I'm talking about with the surprise? There was a moment where even you were surprised. And normally I'm like, oh, so-and-so's about to happen. And you're like, Duh, but I think we're both caught off guard. I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe I was just worn down. You don't even know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. do you? Um, can I tell? Look, you, this part. Oh, that yeah. was a surprise. Yeah, jeez, you're really not moving fast with me today. Tasha watches Christmas movies and immediately deletes them from her hard drive the second they're over. She's like, I don't, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> she just watch it and go. You treat Christmas movies like crack. You're like, I need more. I need more Christmas movies. I can't remember it. It was a good movie. I recommend it. It was good on the romantic level of Christmas movies. I would say I was less invested romantically than I was in Operation Christmas movie. I mean, Operation or Operation Christmas Drop. Operation Christmas Drop was one of those movies where I was yelling at the TV, being like, "So good!" Like I was, I was, I would have paid extra money to watch the R-rated version of this movie because you could tell it was so. It was so much propaganda. It was very PG. But I was like, oh, we could make this movie way sexier. Like you got this stud in the military with the dimpled chin, you know, real jarhead look, nice and strong. She comes in as this sassy assistant with a nice ass. Like they could have. She <laughs> is Hayden Panettiere's twin. Yeah. She's, I couldn't get over it. If Hayden Panettiere was like uh, Dominican, like that, I think that's kind of a good. They have the same face shape. Yeah. Anyway, it was great. I loved it. Anyway, so, you know, but back to uh, Minette at Magnolia. We're somewhere in the threes out of fives. Give it a shot. Um, all right. Uh, here's an interesting one. Uh, not all Christmas movies. I, I don't need your budget to be $50 million. There are certain movies that we know that come from production companies. Like this is a production company called Mar Vista Productions. They make so many Christmas I'm going to just Google it right now. Mar Vista Productions Christmas movies. Yeah, and I don't know. They found their sweet spot. They spend like a hundred grand. They make two hundred, and then they rinse and repeat. So every year, it's like they just okay. A Snow White Christmas, Snowman, The Spirit of Christmas, Spotlight Under the Mistletoe, A Star for Christmas. As long as they get, they just SEO. As long as they get Christmas in the title somewhere, they're they're making money. Um, anyway, this is how bad their website is. I clicked on the link and it says we're sorry, but something went wrong. Yeah, it's called your plot line. You don't have much of a plot line. But anyway, this wasn't a Mar Vista. This wasn't a Mar Vista movie, I don't think. But that the point stands is that they have some ridiculously bad Christmas movies. Um, so this one is called. Uh, I lost it for a second. Christmas with a Prince. Do you remember this one? Is that Dr. Tasha? E, uh, yes. 
Yes, this is the one where they had a the doctor was named Tasha in it. I'll read the summary for you. Oh, I need some more new Christmas music for this. Um, hold on, do we have Christmas music? Oh, there it is. We already play this. Doesn't matter. Pediatric specialist <laughs> Tasha Mason is focused on keeping the kids in her ward as healthy as possible. But when the handsome Prince Alexander Cavalieri breaks his leg on a nearby ski slope, Tasha is forced to allow him to secretly get well on her floor. And she's furious that a spoiled royal is interrupting the precious healing time her kids need. Soon, however, Tasha learns that some tough love and a lot of Christmas spirit could turn his royal pain into a knight in shining armor. This movie was so low budget. It looked like iMovie's like fonts, like the opening credits. You can. It had like three sets. The it, whole movie had was filmed in three it was rooms. For sure, filmed in an abandoned hospital, which I thought was great. Whenever or you, just a studio where yeah. they built a hallway and a patient room with one of those like fake elevators, and there's a guy behind it pushing the door. People don't realize how movies are made. We know we, we know how movies are made, and you know th- this. You know, to find a Christmas movie that you can make where the whole thing basically takes place in in a essentially a hospital in four hall, rooms. hallway, yeah. yeah. Um, and in the opening scene is like pr- the prince snowboard skiing, but it's from a GoPro angle. And I'm like, I vlog better quality than this movie I'm watching <laughs> for sure. I mean, I'm not being, I'm not exaggerating you guys. Real, real horrible quality um, to open with. And then it got better. And the storyline held up. Princess Tasha, uh, Princess Tasha, um, pediatric specialist Tasha Mason, very likable. Also, very much a similar ethnic vibe as Operation Christmas Drop in that she was like a, some sort of mixed ethnicity and he was just some jarhead white guy. I feel like that's, they found the potion, folks. You got some dumbass white guy and some like Latina and then you just... The one that I watched last night after you fell asleep was the same formula. They had a jarhead white guy, prince white guy, prince yeah. prince white guy, and mixed ethnicity, beautiful chick. Um, hey, that's what it is. I didn't write it. This is what it is, folks. Um, anyway, this movie, and then all of a sudden, and you know, I'm putting the pieces together before it. So again, no spoilers, but I'm putting the pieces together. It's like, oh, geez, pediatric ward. Some kid's probably gonna have cancer. Some prince is gonna save his life. And then next thing you know, it's like a real humbling, simple story. And then there's a villain. You always need some like Ukrainian villain chick who comes out of nowhere. I mean, the whole thing is like a pretty good movie. I mean, I would, I would even again. I'm, I, I'm sounding like I'm not that critical. I'm going high threes maybe four candy canes i was kind of thinking the same as the last one we just talked about in the three and a half to four range and do you want to even give it a higher range because they don't have no. the four million dollar budget or the 12 really That's you don't fine, want to, but it wasn't uh, um, something Christmas that like with the prince budget hold on chris i think you should go run and watch but if you see it scroll across your netflix and you've got an hour to kill yeah um uh, see, there's too many movies that have Prince and Christmas in the title, so I don't know if I can see what the budget is. But the, the popularity is up on this one, and um, yeah, I don't know. Did, was this the one where they made a sequel to it? Yeah, they did, but we haven't seen it yet. I don't know if Netflix has bought it. I want to, but then then immediately, look, I, I Google this and I pull up a, a review. Where to start? God awful. Acting, th- casting, terrible. No chemistry at all. The queen and her daughter, so dumpy. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we were able to laugh at the low budgetness of like the, the royals costumes had like low quality felt yeah <laughs> I was like, they're like uh, going to a, a really high class event you know and the decorations look like they picked them up from party city yeah it was party for sure party <laughs> city royalty it's like that is that crown bending is that a is that l- thin metal what, what are you using are those fake rubies or just like you know uh cherry cough drops they added the cling to the, to the champagne flutes yeah. which were very obviously made of plastic yeah the champagne flutes were you stick the bottom onto it and connect it because you got it at the dollar store anyway look hey but for all that for all that if you have the right movie the right little story i don't i'm not caring if it's cheesy i'm not caring if you know someone can't act that well they pulled it off christmas prince 3.8 out of five candy canes uh for sure yeah absolutely i thought we were going in to see a real bad movie all right this movie it when you want to talk about budgets Oh, is this gotta, my five-star movie? I, uh, this is Tasha's five-star movie. And not to um, not to uh, sell the movie with Hip Hop Christmas, but I think this song is apropos to the theme of the movie. 
We're talking steam. Look at Tasha just dance. She's so exciting. We're talking like um, uh, Hamilton meets a Christmas story meets steampunk. Yeah. Meets almost like a Pinocchio inventor, Geppetto. It's called Jingle Jangle. Jingle Jangle, folks. A Christmas journey. Five star Christmas movie. That is a must watch Christmas movie. The storyline isn't the fastest, but yeah, it's it actually got... did take us a couple tries because we started it late at night, so we fell asleep. And then, were you going somewhere? We we I watched it midday, sh- and I took a, a nap, mic, but yeah. I also only got three hours of sleep the night before. Let me get you the log line: An imaginary world comes to life in a holiday tale of an eccentric toy maker, his adventurous granddaughter, and a magical invention that has the power to change their lives forever. It stars Forrest Whitaker. Uh, the antagonist is Keegan Michael Key. And also, Ricky Martin is in it. I mean, this movie is cool. It's a good movie. It's a steampunk musical. But not everyone can appreciate this movie. Someone's going to watch this and go, no, next. Like, if you didn't like Avita, like, I don't know. I feel like if, like, they're singing What in are this your movie. favorite musicals? Uh, I loved, um, I loved, uh, what's the uh, Moulin Rouge? Love Moulin Rouge. That was my <laughs> favorite movie back in the day. What's the, what's the song Moulin I'm Rouge. thinking of? There's a... You know, they're all uh, name me a Moulin Rouge song. There's so many. They're all like well, pop give me culture one. songs. Give me like a Moulin Rouge song. Uh, I, well, I have this jingle jingle uh, stuck in my uh, head. I'm trying to think. I can't play any of them. Um, Lady Marmalade. That's that's a, in Moulin Rouge. Yeah. What's the um, good one? That's the one like, where he sings. What's his name? Is it Owen McGregor? Who's who's the Ewan guy? Owen McGregor. In it? Yeah. You, hold you, on. Ewan McGregor. I need to uh, close my ears to be I able just to turn think it of off. the song. I could just tell you uh, your song. Yes, that's it. It's your called song. your song. You can tell everybody. Yeah, that's it. You can tell everybody. Oh boy, <laughs> but yeah, they you know, they're singing. Yeah, no, I, if, yeah, if, if you if you don't like Moulin Rouge, if you've watched Moulin Rouge, you go no. Then Jingle Jangle ain't for you, son. But it ain't it, for you. No, anybody who likes musicals is gonna love Jingle Jangle. Well, there's a lot of people that just want dumbass like. Jingle this bells, is, uh, you know. This uh, is different level from other Christmas movies. This is art. We yes, yes. This is next level. The this choreography, perfection. The songs, perfection. The story, perfection. The acting, perfection. And apparently, if this wasn't, if this the wasn't animation, top notch. Christmas Drop had the stupidest looking animated gecko we've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, Christmas in our Drop lives. spent all their money animating <laughs> a gecko that didn't need to be there. I mean, it really, they blew a lot of money on this gecko. <laughs> and it looked bad. And and I'm watching um, Jingle, what's it called? Jingle? Jingle Jangle. I'm watching Jingle Jangle going, how did they pull this off? Like, this is for sure a feature film that belongs in the movie theaters, but because of the world we live in, it's only in drive-in theaters and they just dropped it off on Netflix. Like, here you go. It's so good. The Cinderella with Brandy is kind of similar in that it has like very fantastical costumes. Did you remember that? Do you see that? No. You never (laughs) saw that one back in the day? Yeah, it was really good with like really beautiful costuming, lots of dancing. Well, let me, do you think your five five candy cane rating would line up with Rotten Tomatoes or do you think Rotten Tomatoes doesn't appreciate it? Rotten Tomatoes appreciates it. 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, this is the type of movie Rotten Tomatoes likes. Like the no, uh, no stone went unturned in this movie. I mean, there's a snowball fight scene. It's like almost got some Harry Potter vibes to it, you know. Yeah. It's got Harry Potter uh, visionary when it comes to the the local the uh, the the universe it's built in. I can't speak enough for it. And to be honest with you, with all that said, not my favorite Christmas movie. I still like Operation uh, Christmas Drop better. Yeah, that's just it. That but was they're made, just different categories. Yeah, I, they're not even in the this, same. You realm. know why? Because I like a rom com. A and this, stupid this was, low budge Christmas hey, movie. Hey. I mean, that's our typical. If you think about it, traditionally Christmas movies are that dumb, low budget, kind of silly romantic storyline. Girl goes to Vermont, meets a guy at the farmers market, has to save her grandpa's post office or whatever. This had this one was really fantastic. This was next level, and I'm I feel so privileged to have been able to watch it oh, on Netflix. You, no, I'm serious. That's the kind this? of thing you go to the movies. This is a if it wasn't a pandemic, we would have been seeing ads for that, and we would have gone to the movies to see it. Yeah, it would have been great to see in the movies for sure. Like I don't think we knew what we were getting ourselves into. And then the press, the princess switch, which we talked about before, the new version, the princess switch switched again. 
Um, they released a trailer for it, and it actually looks worse than I thought it could be. So, um, uh, when Duchess Margaret unexpectedly inherits the throne to Montanero and hits a rough patch with Kevin, it's up to her double Stacy to save the day before a new lookalike party girl Fiona foils their plans. Starring Vanessa Hudgens, Vanessa Hudgens, and Vanessa Hudgens. Um, we watched the trailer, and princess switch was fine it was a good movie i was definitely interested in watching switched again but the whole the plot was fine without the third stacy princess or switch name switched it. at birth it's a prequel to the princess switch <laughs> they actually were the same person all along yeah no it's uh it's it's getting out of control but hey we're gonna watch it it's coming out uh november 19th i think we should watch it and make a Make a you know our uh, our re- recap of it right away and let people know if it's worth their time or not. Before we get out of here, I wanted to play a quick game with you, Tasha Marie. It's called the um, Hallmark Christmas Movie Plot Generator. I'm going to read for you several different columns of things. You need to choose one from each column. Okay, are you ready to okay, go? Yeah, ready. I need, I need quick decisions. Got I need, it. Ready. Mad so lips. the first column. Uh, here are your choices: big city, career oriented, recently single, world weary, with the wrong guy. Big city. All right, she's big city. Lawyer, writer, baker, interior designer, or early 2000s actor you forgot about? Interior designer. Okay. Uh, returns to... Okay, that's... You don't get to choose that one. <laughs> to inherit... Okay, here, here's your next list. Uh, to inherit something, to enter a folksy, a folksy contest, to stop some corporate closure, to save the family business, to appease their sassy friend or widowed parent... That's it? Yeah. Hold on. Can you repeat them? To inherit something, to enter a folksy contest, to stop some corporate closure, to save the family business, to appease their sassy friend or widowed folksy parent. Folksy contest. To enter a folksy contest. Okay. And then this, and then I'll choose this last one. Okay. The last one is with a sensitive guy in plaid. Actually, I'll let you choose it. With a sensitive guy in plaid, with an old flame, with some guy and his dog, with a single dad and his precocious child, with Christmas, the town, and some guy. Guy with dog. With some guy and his dog. Okay, so here we go. Let's play this one here. Let's get the Christmas music going. Um, I already forgot. Okay, uh, hold on. I got to look at all of mine. Okay, you said interior designer, right? Mm -hmm. And then, um, uh, okay. Big city interior designer returns to her small town at Christmas time to enter a folksy contest and magically falls in love with some guy and his dog. There you have it, folks. That's Tasha's Christmas movie. It's pretty good. Yeah. I'll try one out here for my, myself. Um, recently single baker returns to her small town at Christmas time to appease their sassy friend and magically falls in love with a single dad and his precocious child. <laughs> that sounds like the worst. I'm single dad. I would watch any of these movies. Child. Uh, any combination. You had a good one today where you were, we were kind of throwing around stupid ideas and I don't want to say mine because I think, I think my Christmas movie sells on title alone and the Patreon members know it because I've been talking about it on Patreon. So if, if you do want to support my plight I and want to hear my Christmas movie, go to patreon.com slash the sap. P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash T-H-E-S-A-P. And I've been workshopping my movie to you guys on there on solo episodes and you can hear about it. But Tasha, you had one, I think you said it as a joke, but I kind of like it. No, I dreamt it. You dreamt and it. Okay. as I was waking up, you know how you sort of remember like the last Hold on, I'm going to get you some dream. new Christmas some new Christmas music here You for sort you. of remember the last bits of your dream right before you wake up or right as you wake up. If you like go over it in your head, you can hold on to a little bits and pieces. But my... Uh, my dream was a hold, on, a... hold on, hold on, hold on. Really? Really sell us this dream, Tasha. I'm not going to really sell uh, it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Tasha Courtney's Christmas movie dream. But it wasn't a Christmas movie. Really slow it down and sell it. I can't. I can't remember all Go of it. Go slow. Make it up. No. Is it a big city, a recently single, a world weary? Where does the person come from? I'll, I'll, I'll workshop it with you. I'll say world weary. Oh, yeah. Okay. She's war. Is it she? Yeah. She's world weary. What's her occupation? I don't know. Well, let's talk about it. What does she like to do? She's kind of like... Uh, is she a travel blogger? Artsy. She's a travel blogger? And maybe health conscious. Okay. Traditional. Traveling yoga instructor. Sure, yeah. Okay. And then uh, is she going back to her hometown? No. Because there's no other option. She she's, has to go back to her small no, town. No, she's not going to her hometown. Maybe she's getting away to a small town she's never been to before. Hold on. Okay, so I'm so uh, let's let's... So it's... She, what she's world weary is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Okay, so she's wor- a world a world weary a world weary 
Um, Artist slash uh, yoga teacher. Uh, traveling, traveling yoga instructor. Uh, returned. Where'd she go? She's going to a place she's never been before. Small okay. town. Goes on a an, on an adventure to a small town. Where? In Vermont, mm. right? It's got to be in Vermont. No. I'm going to say it's a summary. It's a warm place. Okay. Well, okay. And then and then what? And she meets a, a group of people who are in a community. Okay. And sh- they take her under her wing. And she's on the fence because she's like, is this a cult or is this a, a cool community? Okay. And it's cult Christmas. <laughs> it's cult Christmas. <laughs> I like it. Cult Christmas, Christmas with a cult. So does it turn into a horror film? No. Does it's she a just, nice. She just ends up loving the cult? Maybe it's mildly uncomfortable at times. What if this happens? What Do you if remember she- Martha Marcy May Marlene? Yeah, sure. Well, I how think about it's this? a nice cult. Okay, how about this? They are, they are, they're kind of granola. They're hippie. She's a yoga instructor, so she's kind of she gets herself. Community. Yeah, they they don't have a currency, right? They just kind of pay by bargaining and massages and group hugs or whatever. And and um, her she she loses she doesn't have cell phone reception, so her family gets worried that she's in a cult. So they come down there to like rescue her. But in the process, they get like in a plane crash or something and what? yeah like so so and it turns out the cult the, the cult actually uses all of their resources to help save her family and so then they all realize that it's not a it's a friendly cult cult christmas folks i thought that was a good workshop there i thought we we're onto something not so much uh, sure it, ha- it has legs it has legs <laughs> it has culty legs uh so yeah i think i think we're gonna have to keep up with the christmas you know, because it's early. It's uh, November fifteenth, so we've got we've got a long way to go, uh, Christmas uh, movie wise. But um, also, I wanted to shout out Jen Murphy. What was the name of the movie she recommended? The Canadian Christmas movie. Oh, it's fan of some oh, Christmas. Oh, the old Christmas one from nineteen eighty five. Magic. Uh, it was called Magic. One Magic Christmas. Yeah. So Jen Murphy is our um, our actually she's a, I think my um our my Canadian support human I think is what we we call it and uh, shout out to Oz you're you're my Canadian support human too we got multiple Canadians out there but a listener of the podcast and all things um live streaming this and that and she recommended a one magic Christmas and it turns out it's on Disney Plus came out my year of birth an angel must show a mother the true meaning of Christmas. It's not just presents and materialistic things, but the people she cares about. And it stars Mary Steenbergen, who's married to um, Ted Danson. And she was also the damsel in distress in, uh, in uh, the second, I believe the second, maybe third, actually, um, uh, uh, Back to the Future movies. It was also, she's, she's been in everything. Um, she was in the, on that show that you liked. She was on um, End of the World, Last, or whatever, Man, Last on Man on Earth, Earth and uh, uh, Step Brothers. I mean, she's been she's been in all. Yeah, she was in uh, Back to the Future Three. She's been in it all. This movie has legs. Um, she this said was sad and a little bit effed up. But she said it was a Canadian Christmas movie, but it starred several Americans. Maybe I guess it could have been Canadian produced. It definitely took place in Canada. They like played hockey every scene, <laughs> and then it was like yeah, it was very uh, very sad. This is the type of movie. I think you have to be emotionally prepared to have a gut punch. But if you're like a diehard Christmas movie person, I would say this, this should be in your arsenal. Like if you've seen good Christmas movies, this should be, but they also sort of like swept over like logic. Like there, they took some leaps. Yeah. Let me look at the Rotten Tomatoes. What's it called again? One magic, one magic Christmas, uh, Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, I'm sure it's gotta be like, below 60 percent hey but she said it was good and we watched it i thought it was i mean yeah i thought it was a 69 percent uh a 47 percent tomato meter get your shit together Uh, tomato meter audience score like what's what are we doing just give me a give me a rating um it was i mean yeah it it was it was a journey that's for sure but um anyway so we appreciate any christmas recommendations and let us know out there what a strange what a strange religion that we that it's taken over hollywood for a month or two. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like here, here's People a love Christmas. But movies. here's a we do. love to feel good with stupid movies. We don't care about budget. We don't really care about plot or acting or anything. Jewish we just people have like a fun Christmas. Jewish people run Hollywood. 
let's that's a compliment there's every you know from from lawyers to directors spielberg i mean it's all let's come on it's jewish it's all that's it's that's what it is why but but they know to profit on christmas movies they don't they don't go out of their way to make a hanukkah movie they profit it's christmas movies i don't know what it is it's something about the 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 fantastical nature of uh, santa claus and i think that lots of people even those who aren't religious enjoy Christmas. I mean, Christmas has become a consumerist holiday, but also it's, it's about a time of like feeling magical and spirit and positivity and together. Are you going to be okay with that? And family. And it's, it's less about baby Jesus in a manger in, in modern times. Now the last episode we did together, I think two weeks ago, I did a solo last week. You, you held it together like a like a glue stick holds together, you know, artwork in the sun. I mean, it it was coming un, unraveled. We had to, we had to we had to try to record like five different times because you were so sad thinking that you wouldn't be with your parents. We need advice from people on what we should do. What can we do to make our Christmas so full of love that we don't at any point feel a Anyone void. Anyone who's listening to this in real time, who's going to listen to it tomorrow knows that the U.S. is having a massive coronavirus surge right now. And even though we had already decided that we weren't going to be going home for the holidays, now we're feeling a lot more uh, justified in that decision, a lot more secure. It's about almost like decision. a gift we're giving our family to say, we're not going to contribute to putting you at any more risk than than you might be, even yeah, though even yeah, though the family not might just not care. Yeah, just our family, everyone, our communities at large. Uh, you know, I think it's a very selfless thing to do to decide we're not gonna see people for the holidays this year. But it's um, a bummer, and yeah, and we'll try. Uh, you know, the first year I spent with your family for Christmas, your sister had the flu. Oh yeah, or mono or something. No, it was the flu. She she stayed quarantined. Your family's great. My family, we would have coughed on each other. We, your family has more uh, medical uh, acumen, and is that the right uh, phrasing? And your sister quarantined herself upstairs and skyped into Christmas. Yeah. So when you yeah, think about it, she was locked in her bedroom. I was like, "What's up? I'm here to visit this family. She doesn't <laughs> want to see me. Do I smell? What's going on?" Um, your sister is the best sister-in-law I could ask for. She gives me, I use every gift she's ever given me. Not to say that you don't, you always know like what I I like, you know, I tell you what I want. She'll get me things I didn't know I needed. I got like a, you know, a a hammock in a pocket. I got a backpack in a pocket. If you can fit something (laughs) into a pocket, I'm going to be happy. Uh, What else has she gotten me that I love? She's gotten you some good camping equipment, like a, that little light. Yeah. She got me the light. She got me. Oh man. Yeah. So much, so many little, uh, tchotchkes that, um, that I've loved. A few, yeah, I can't. Some other things I can't think of off the top of my head. Oh, my laptop, a little pop up thing. She got me that, right? Did she give me that? Oh, she got me that little. Yeah, she got me some. Hey, and my laptop tote case. We should do a. We should do an episode where we do like cr- good Christmas gift ideas. You can get somebody. We should probably do that soon. But anyway, shout out to Chelsea. Uh, glad you don't have the flu. And um, we've got the flu from across the country. So we'll just Skype in. We'll just get a really good internet connection and Skype into both of our families. I totally families. think that it's like, yeah, it's going to be different. It's going to be a little sad, but we're going to make new Christmas traditions. It's going to be our first Christmas in Los Angeles. It's going to be weird for sure, but you already promised me a tree. So we're going to get a tree and we're going to put it right there in the kitchen. And uh, yeah, I'm excited about it. It'll be weird for sure, but we can we need to do set- like a Christmas Eve cheers on Zoom with the extended family. We can set up a little something for Thanksgiving. We we'll need cook to set- a big meal. We'll make it. It can still be fun, even though it's not necessarily our first choice of how we'd like but to spend I the need, I need to coach people in their cinematography of Zoom calls, including my family. They just call me. Like The Zoom call always happens when there's 50 relatives over I don't want to see. And then they just throw them in the face. And then my stepdad will take the Zoom call and talk to it into his ear. And it's very stressful. So I want, I want, I want my family, maybe your family can do this to like set up a Zoom station, put the thing at a station. So it's like, well lit, the sound's good. And then that's where we'll go. So it's easy access. You know what? They did a good job in your Christmas drop movie. He was set up, he had like his little Christmas dinner and they had their Christmas dinner and the, uh, computer was at the opposite end of the table but yeah i think what you need to do is get one of your more tech savvy 
family members, like a younger brother to be in charge of managing the zoom call for your family yeah. and set it up on the laptop, leave it open from eight to eight 30 or whatever. We'll set up the time. It's not like a all night sort of zoom and make call it thing, more but than just can, a saying hello. Like let's open a gift together. Let's do something that's actually got some substance or like a uh, cheers. Yeah, it's almost like for like my a, birthday party, we did the zoom beer pong. You know, it was like a little bit cooler than just, hey, hey we're on Zoom. It was like, all right, we did an activity. We, we made something out of nothing. But yeah, well, if anyone has any ideas out there, write in, let me know, slide into our DMs. Um, on Instagram, Tasha's at Tasha Courtney. I'm at DNeals, D-N-E-A-L-Z. The SAPS podcast is at the dot SAP. Tasha's got some new blogs up on the website. We are Tada Travels. We are tadatravels.com. Go support that. And um, what are we what are we missing there? Sugar uh, sugar munchkin? Uh, nothing. That's about it for now. Should we end on a Christmas tune here? Or should yeah, I, let's do let's, it. Um, I, I didn't have one queued up. I should have been ready for it. But let's end on a Christmas tune. And um, again, folks, thank you guys for hanging in there with us this entire year. I know it's been <laughs> tough. Oh, geez. I know it's been crazy out there. A lot of people aren't even driving to work. A lot of people aren't listening anymore. We appreciate you guys tuning in. We're still here. We're still going for it. We appreciate all your donations, the Venmos, the Patreons. You guys have been so rock solid in keeping us staying positive and um, write us in. Let us know what you guys are doing for Christmas. Maybe we can, uh, we'll Skype you guys too. <laughs> Please say hi to us. Bye, everybody. It's like a fun house Christmas song that you just want to hit. Now you can't read it. got us the first five.